All right, we are back. Part two of the racial shit. Gin and truth. Let's go. Now, before we start, El Senor Mr. Bubs, someone, I think, is walking past our house. So you may hear some of the uh, the barking. I promise that's not me. I'm not turning into a werewolf. I'm not that mad yet. But back to Martin Luther fucking King. Again, gang, it's super easy to say that you love them now. And you probably do. But did your parents? Did your grandparents? He was on government watch list. They may or may not have spit on him a couple of times while sitting in lunch counters. He's been arrested. And again, he was ultimately shot by the same country that says we've always loved Martin Luther King. Would you have stood next to Martin Luther King? Once again, easy to say yes in 2020, but it wasn't so popular in 1960, was it? Again, don't 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 look at me and tell me to get over it. Instead, look at yourself and ask yourself, what have I done to help him get over it? Do I stand next to my, and I'm talking to my white family right now, my white family. Would you stand next to your black family while someone was taking a shit on us? Would you? Don't don't ask me any more questions. Start asking yourself, what have I done? And when I say me, I'm talking about all my Negroidal family. Yeah, thank you very much for not calling me a nigger today. I appreciate it, but that's the easy part. What have you done to lend a hand? I remember when I was recording these things on my iPhone. I told, remember when the audio was shitty? I said it then. Say it again right now. We're going on a year. If you haven't lost a friend, when this is all said and done with, you haven't done it right. It's like I said. Everyone knows a racist. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And the reason why you're saying, no, no, not me, Robert, it's because your bar is too low. Congratulations. They didn't call a black person a nigger. Congratulations. They didn't call a Mexican a wetback. What an incredibly low bar that is. I remember jumping on someone's ass at work because they kept saying it, saying it, saying it. I said, stop, stop, stop. And finally, I went off. And I'm sure they still say it behind my back, but they sure as fuck don't say it to my face. Robert, he, he's not really black. He, he's not really black. Right? He, he's only black on the, he's so white on the inside. You sound so white, Robert. No, but that's a compliment. I still remember who I did it to. I wore her the fuck out. Now, again, they probably still say it behind my back, but they sure as fuck don't say it to my face. My point is, if you're that white person standing next to me, are are you going to be the one to step up and say, you know what? That's not funny. Don't say that to Robert. I Actually, I still remember a story. uh, A moment, actually. trying, Trying to kill a fly. At work, where there was this dude, and this was early on. This was way early on. The, our, my place of work used to be this big open space. Now, not so much. 
And there was this dude, and the only way to describe his personality is he was kind of the mayor of West Austin. And as he's walking through the door, he's saying hello to everyone and winking and having, but as he's walking through the gym, you can hear him and he's speaking the Queen's English. Hello, hello, cheerio, hello, top, hello, perfect English. And I'll never forget, it was me and Mark in the back. And as he's walking through, and he looks at Mark, he's like, hello, Mark. And then he looks to me, and you know what this fucker says? Hello, my main man, you jive turkey nigga number one soul brother. And I will give Mark credit. I couldn't even draw a breath to be offended. And it was Mark who said, why'd you say that to Robert? Hmm? And Mark put his ass on the spot. That's what I'm talking about. And he made that man answer. We watched you speak the Queen's English to 25 people, including me. And when you got to Robert, all of a sudden, you broke out in fucking Ebonics. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, Martin Luther King. Easy to say it now, but would you have marched next to him in 1963? Mark put his reputation on the line. He had absolutely no reason to do it other than it was the right thing to do. Will you stand next to your black brothers and sisters when the shit gets rough? Again, Robert E. Lee, the shit's got to come down and you have to be the one to do it. Otherwise, I'm just a complaining ass Negro. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. No, no movement gains traction unless its antithesis joins in. How many times have I told you, don't fuck with my LGBTQ brothers and sisters? Now, so far as long as it's only them speaking up, just a bunch of queers and faggots. It's not until their straight family steps in and says, stop. They need to be married. They need to serve in the military. They need to be able to play sports and be open. They are the same as us. They just want to be happy, just like every human on the fucking planet. No movement gains traction unless its antithesis joins in. Are you willing to join in my white brothers and sisters? God damn it, I hope that answer is yes. And as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about all this shit my family's been through, and it's just my family. And like I said, all these things that people think are the past, they're not. You got to understand, it was my parents that were alive for the Civil Rights Act. Again, for a lot of people, this is a history book lesson. My parents actually lived it. Point P. Parish, New Roads, Louisiana. My mother's high school diploma reads that she graduated from a proper Negro high school. Do you know what that means? That means my mother, my parents couldn't go to school with white people. So again, this is not a history lesson. This is a lot of people's real life. I'm Generation X. Do you know what that means legally? I just told you about my parents. They grew up with colored water fountains. 
My grandmother raised just as many white kids, probably more than her own kids and her own grandbabies. And they still made Mama walk through the back of the fucking house. So it's not history. It's real life. And those ripple effects still happen today. Now I got to get focused. Let's hit some of this motherfucking Hendrix. Hold on. Gen and truth. Let's go. Now, Gen X. Well, Robert, what's the big deal about being Generation X? Let me tell you why that's important. Generation X, me, 49 years old. Generation X, Black Americans. We are the first. Let me repeat that. We are the first generation of Black people. I'm going to say that one more motherfucking time. Generation X Black people, me, we are the first ones to enjoy full civil rights in this country. I don't think you heard me. Generation X African Americans are the first generation of Americans to enjoy full civil rights in the United States of America. You know, the place that we're told to just get over it. These aren't isolated incidences, gang. It's this fucking country. So you want me to get over being slapped in the face when that slap just happened yesterday. None of my uncles, none of my uncles are literate. None of them. And I'm thinking about especially, you know, and I and I I, I talk about this shit at work a lot. I, I've got great friends at work. I, I honestly and truly do. But it's my it's what I see. But I wonder how many of my people at work, my friends, my coworkers, honestly, how many of them, my white brothers and sisters, my white family, how many of them can say my family's illiterate? When my Aunt Sadie was dying, now keep in mind, Sadie wasn't a Rhodes Scholar. She wasn't. But she could at least read basic shit. My uncle, about once a week, would put Sadie in a chair and wheel her through a grocery store. You want to know why? He couldn't read the labels. He didn't know what he was getting. He had to eat. He was a laborer. You know, you don't have to be able to read War and Peace to lift heavy shit. So he had to go get Sadie out of the home and wheel her through the store so she can just point because she couldn't read. This isn't history for some. For a lot of us, it's our real fucking life. And they have ripple effects. Let's go all the way back. What? 32 minutes now. A lady who experienced violence 25 years ago is still affected by it today. And I remember this because uh, there was a conversation at work that spurred that video I said about just believe me and move on. And I noticed how this person conveniently didn't answer my question. First, this person made the false analogy. They brought up something that had happened in their past. And my first thing was, that's a false analogy. That's a singular event. 
I'm talking about a systemic issue. But even this event, I kept asking this person, but you're physically affected by it today, aren't you? Yeah, but I don't dwell in the back. But you're physically affected by it, aren't you? Oh, I, I get over it. I just don't dwell in the back. But you are still affected by it. I should know. I work with this person and they are still physically affected by something that happened 12 years ago. Whether you dwell on it or not, it still affects you. Now, the difference is I do kind of dwell on it because this person, so just, it was a car wreck. This person doesn't have to look at their crushed car anymore. I still have to look at Robert E. Lee High School. I still have to go down Robert E. Lee Boulevard. I do have to see that wrecked car every fucking day. And the fucked up portion is people fight tooth and nail. People fight harder. People fight harder to maintain the names of violent racists. They fight harder than that for that than they do for equal rights for people who look like me. So again, don't tell me to get over it. That's the wrong fucking question. The question is, what are you willing to do to help me? Don't tell me to stop drowning when you won't fucking let my head out from the water. Well, why'd you just breathe, Robert? Well, if that's all you hear, that's because I'm still fucking underwater and you're still holding me. Y'all really need to fuck. We don't have, go to Wikipedia. Go look at all the civil rights movements, uh, uh, accomplishments that happened just since the mid-1960s. You know people that are directly affected by legislation that helps out minorities. This isn't from 1779, fuckers. This is from today. Again, Generation X. I enjoy rights that my parents don't have or didn't have. My high school diploma just says I fucking graduated. Not theirs. Not theirs. Julius Whittier was the first black letterman at the University of Texas at Austin. Look him up. Tremendous. Just passed away a couple years ago. When he passed away during one of the Longhorn uh, Letterman reunions, I sat and had dinner with the guys that were number two and number three, Black Letterman. I sat, I bought their drinks. Bought, we don't have to buy them. That was somewhat of an exaggeration. Sorry. Speaking of drinks, hold on. You know what time it is. Mmm. Hendrix, delicious. Gin and truth, let's go. I went up to the bar and got their drinks. And I sat and I listened to these guys. Again, University of Texas at Austin. Neither one of them had ever gone to school with a white person before. Going to college was the first time they walked into a classroom and saw someone with blonde hair. Not even the teachers. All their teachers were black. All the students were black. So again, my point is this isn't 5,000 years ago. Dinosaurs weren't roaming the earth. You know people who are directly 
negatively affected by all this shit that we are continually told, just get over it. Now, I could probably fill up three fucking recordings, but I try to limit this because I don't want to talk everyone's ear off. So as usual, I gave you a problem. I was all over the place, wasn't I, today? Sorry, not sorry. I gave you the problem. Here's my motherfucking solution. First and foremost, like I said in my Twitter video, when a black person tells you, now I'm talking to my white family, I love you guys. And like I said about America, like, oh, you just go to China. No, I love this country enough to fight and have uncomfortable conversations because I want to see it get better. Now, I've been ragging my white family, but I love you fuckers. I do. And I'm hard because I want us all to get better. And I can't do it unless y'all come with me. Because I'm going to walk with y'all. I will. To my white family, the first step you can take is to shut the fuck up. Don't you dare talk for a black person you've never been black. Unless you're Rachel Dolezal. Shut up and listen. And no matter how uncomfortable it may be, continue to listen. Step two, believe us. There's nothing I said tonight that was an exaggeration or a lie. And again, 37 minutes into this, gang, 37 hours I can continue and still not get halfway through just my personal experiences. I'm not lying to you. And by I, I mean the overwhelming majority of us. Yeah, you're going to find some people who like to fuck shit up. But we're not lying to you. Step one, shut the fuck up and listen. Step two, believe us. Now, here's step three, and here's the harder one. And for the hardest one, let's hit a little bit of this Hendrix. Hold on. Mmm, delicious. Gin and truth. Let's go. The third step. You got to be uncomfortable. Nothing evolves during times of comfort. You got to get involved and you got to be uncomfortable. I remember last year during the George Floyd, Jacob, all that shit. Now I'm all cried out for some personal shit, but normally I couldn't tell you this story without crying up. There was a Black Lives Matter rally. And the police were trying to forward a line to get the crowd to go back. And there was a black dude. Ah, here we go. (laughs) And there was a black guy just on his knees with his hands up. Right? I'm not here to hurt you. I just, I want my voice heard. The police weren't stopping. There was a little girl, a little white girl. And I'll never forget her because this was a child, y'all. This wasn't some Olympic shot put her big, swolled up white girl. This was a child, a child. I don't think that little girl was 15 fucking years old. And you know what she did? Now oh, here come the fucking tears. She, she. Oh, man, she went in front of that. Oh, God, this hurts. (laughs) Oh, boy, I told you. (laughs) She stood in front of that black dude 
<sighs> and she put her arms around him to stop the police. And you'll never guess what? The police stopped. Oh, man. That, that, that image is strong. I don't ask that little girl, what are you prepared to do? I already know. I know adults who won't even fucking speak out against the Robert E. Lee schools and a 13-year-old little white girl put herself in harm's way. These tears aren't fake. These stories aren't fucking fake. That anger isn't fucking fake. My white family, I need you. I need you. And by I, I mean all of us who look like me. We can't take the next step without you guys. Stop asking us to get over it. I want to, but like I said, I can't get past it when I'm forced to drive down Robert E. Lee Boulevard. Now, in all fairness, Austin did remove it. They took the name off that school, but you know what? It was only a couple years ago. We've got a long way to go. And we can't take another motherfucking step without our white brothers and sisters. We need y'all. Now, again, 40 minutes. I, I'm, I'm setting records here. I'm going to let you guys go. Do some research. Look some shit up. Get involved. Get your hands dirty. On behalf of the Negro delegation, we love you guys. We hope you love us back. Show us you love us back. And I'll show you I love you. We didn't build this motherfucker, so don't ask us to tear it down. The big guy's going to sign off. Gin and truth. Let's go.